0: Thank you for joining us for episode two of Housing the Unhoused, a look at homelessness in Gloucester County. I'm Quentin Shepherd with Gloucester's Community Engagement and Public Information Department, and we're glad you're here with us today. Today, we're joined by Lisa Kersey, who is the Director of Gloucester's Social Services Department. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Good morning, it's my pleasure.
0: Lisa, tell us a little bit about you, you know, how long you've worked with the department and and what what passion you have for helping people.
1: Well, I've been with Gloucester County Department of Social Services for almost 24 years. I started down um, working with our foster families and foster children. And during the course of my employment have had um, a number of jobs until I reached uh, my current position.
0: Um, you know, today we're, we're talking a little bit about um, the issue of the unhoused in the county. From your perspective, how big of an issue is homelessness in Gloucester?
1: Unfortunately, I see the homeless uh, situation only getting worse in Gloucester during my employment and my work with various um, programs around the county. I've seen this situation grow. Um, We're lucky that we have some resources, but there's still a lot of ground to cover in terms of being able to assist those in need.
0: I can imagine. So, for instance, if somebody knows uh, that they're on the brink of, of losing their home, or a roof over their head within the next couple of days and they call social services, what can they expect to happen when they make that call?
1: That's a really great question, My My advice to people is the sooner you know that you are in a difficult situation, the better. Call us right away we do have a referral service and we have a number of um, community providers in Gloucester as well as other areas that we can connect people with to address some of the issues that they may be facing.
0: So that kind of leads into my next question about um, social services referring to um, other outside private agencies. Uh, You know, uh, in part one of the podcast, we spoke with the guest shelter and also with a program called My Renew. So social services pretty regularly, I assume, you know, uh, refers people to such organizations for help.
1: Yes, um, most definitely. Anyone coming in with a housing issue, we have a number of referrals guest being one of um, the most frequently used we have worked with also the peninsula rescue mission and the union mission ministries Um, there's a summer homeless shelter um, titled hope over in norfolk that we've worked with the emergency christian housing outreach has been a tremendous um, source of assistance to us, as has been the Salvation Army, Samaritan Group, and of course, Bay Family Housing, and Bay Aging.
0: Great, so a lot of good connections there. So tell us about some of the programs that you all offer to to help in other ways.
1: Absolutely. We often, when someone either calls into our office or visits us in person, we explore what programs are available to kind of shift their cash flow so that they can put more cash to housing and have other resources. Some of those that we work with here at our agency are of course um, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, the SNAP Program, which can assist families in supplementing their food, monthly food bill, for example. Um, They're able to buy foods um, and things needed for healthy and substantial um you know diet and and food for their families we also have the um medicaid and famous program through the department of medical assistance programs that helps with health care and insurance and dental assistance we have the tanf the temporary assistance for needy families program with a component of view The Virginia Initiative for Education and Work. And one program especially at this time of year that's really um, important to keep in mind is our Energy Assistance Program. While that is three components, it's a fuel assistance program which runs October through November, a crisis program which runs November through March, that's the one that we're currently in, and then our cooling assistance runs June through August. So many times we will see folks, um, even folks who are homeless, coming in for energy assistance to maybe get a generator running or something like that. We look at all areas of where we can refer families or encourage them to apply for the programs that our agency determines eligibility for.
0: Can we direct people to your website um, where they can find out some more information about these programs, or is it best for somebody to just call the social services office?
1: Well, I, you know, they are always welcome to call us or visit us. However, if they prefer to do it from home, there's a couple of places they can look. One of those is, is the Public Department of Social Services website, and that is www.dss. Dot Virginia.gov That has information about all the programs that we offer. If they're interested in applying for benefits, they can go to the www.coverva.org
0: okay. and that
1: is a great place to go on. You can even kind of do a little preliminary um, test to see if you would qualify for some programs. They can do that from the comfort of their own home. So uh, one eight, uh, 1-855-242-8282 to um, assist with any Medicaid information folks may be in need of.
0: Great. And we'll we'll be sure to put all of those uh, links and phone numbers that you just mentioned in the description of this podcast so that everybody will, will have it right there at, at their fingertips. Um, Lisa, uh, thank you so much for talking to us today. Is there anything that we didn't mention that you'd like to add?
1: No, I just encourage people, please call us. Um, I know it gets frustrating for them. I know that they are oftentimes in a really down situation, but please call us. We're gonna do all we can to assist and refer you and connect you with resources available. I will mention lastly that Virginia does have a two one one phone number to call for referrals and information as well. You simply pick up the phone and dial two one one, and they can refer you to services as well.
0: That's great to know. And um, you know, one thing I will will need to say on here is that I honestly know that every single person that works in your office, Lisa. Um, just has a true passion for really helping people so uh, we're, we're so grateful for you and for your organization i know it can be extremely stressful at times and i know you all must carry a lot of the burden you know that you hear day to day home with you at night um, and so we we really do appreciate everything that you and your staff do to help uh people in need in our community
1: i thank you for that very much i've got a wonderful group of folks that work at this agency they have been here throughout covid really working hard to ensure the citizens of gloucester get what they need and they are committed to continuing to do so so i could not be more grateful for the employees of this agency
0: absolutely well thank you again for joining us lisa and we hope to have you back on again soon
1: thanks quentin
0: now we're pleased to be joined by pastor wendy roundy who is the founder and ceo of helping the homeless ministries here in gloucester Uh, pastor wendy thank you so much for joining us today
2: thank you so much for extending the invitation we appreciate that
0: absolutely tell us a little bit about your organization, how it came to be. I know this has kind of been a vision of yours for quite some time now, and it's really, really starting to grow and and come into fruition. So tell us a little bit about your backstory and kind of bring us to where things are now.
2: Sure. Um, I did a co-drive with a business I used to own in New Kent County back in 2010 that launched the ministry, There was one particular lady who did not really want a coat. She wanted a blanket. We did not have blankets, but thankfully I found an old one in my van, gave it to her. She walked over to the side as it started to snow, laid down within that blanket and started to fall asleep. And I was devastated by that image. I tried to convince her to go into a motel. She declined. And I had to live with that going home into a warm house and never got rid of that impression. That was my first exposure that there's actually people who don't live in homes in this country and in our state and in our communities. And so as a woman of prayer and faith, I prayed and asked the Lord, what do I do about this? And he said, feed these people, help them. We had made a list of petitions of things that we thought would be helpful to people that we can serve. And one of the things was a mobile food truck and husband, wife team who served with us in a church we attended at that time, unknowing what our vision was and our needs list came up to us because they had an old catering bus. It was chef Todd and his wife, Suzanne, dear friends. And They had an old catering bus that was no longer equipped with any equipment. It was just a shell of a bus, and they felt impressed to donate it to us. In that process, he ended up coming on the board with us. We did some fundraisers. We got it equipped, and I think that all took place around 2015, Mm -hmm. and it took us a while to raise the funds to get the food bus equipped, new tires, brakes, mechanical stuff fixed, and get it inspected and approved by the county to be able to distribute food. I think we started distributing the food in 2016.
0: Okay, and, and it's uh, still on Saturdays, is that correct?
2: Saturdays and two Tuesdays a month, and okay. it's year, year round.
0: Great, and uh, tell us a little bit about the schedule for that. Where, where do you all typically um, uh, take the bus on those days?
2: We go into uh, Gloucester, Matthews, Middlesex, which includes Saluda. We have several different stops along the way. Uh, we go to King William, King and Queen, Tappahannock, Richmond. We've done Hampton, Newport News, and Williamsburg.
0: Okay, so, so not just focused here on Gloucester. So that's great. What kind of um, response do you typically see when you pull the bus up to these stops? Uh, Does it range in the number of people that typically come out seeking uh, food, or is it always a pretty good crowd?
2: It actually varies. In the last few months, we have seen some decline in Mm -hmm. people coming out to the stops. I don't know exactly why that is. Uh, we partner with Bread for Life, and I know they have experienced some decline in numbers as well. Um, it could be because of the additional um, supplement monies that some people of need are receiving from the government that we just don't know. Sure. Bottom line, when we see numbers decrease, that's a good thing. Absolutely. Because I mean less people are having need. But even with that, we served almost 29,000 meals this past year.
0: Wow. That speaks volumes right there. Uh, do you typically see families come together, or is it typically individuals?
2: It that's a good question, and it has changed since the COVID has hit, as that has affected every area of everyone's lives. Um, we no longer have the same friendly uh, fellowship type of environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do follow guidelines. They're not as strict as they used to be because they've loosened up some. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do bag the food. We used to put all of the foods on tables for people to come and pick out what they wanted. Let me back up. We have a, on the food bus, we have a hot meal that we give out to everyone who comes. We don't require anyone prove that they're in need. If they show up, we'll feed them. They get a dessert, they get a beverage, either a bottled water or juice for the children. They get a um, breakfast bag, which is a paper lunch bag filled with seven to eight items to help them through the week. Mm -hmm. And then we give them some bagged groceries. If they are sheltered, which probably 85% of the people we serve right now are sheltered, but just struggling with poverty and food insecurities, Mm -hmm. then they get several bags of groceries that are non-perishable, sometimes perishable, sometimes it's frozen meats, Depends on what we have, but the sh- unsheltered residents that are either living in cars, broken down homes, tents, that kind of thing. We have a different types of food. We give them foods that they don't need a stove to cook with. Okay. And so that's stuff that we are distributing. And so you asked about individuals versus families, and we do keep track of our numbers based on how many families, how many adults, how many children, how many veterans because of reports we give to the um, Virginia Peninsula food bank we partner with. So we have a good mixture. Um, A lot of times now because of the drive-through format we do, everyone remains in their car except for our team that serves. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You know, the theme that I'm constantly hearing too, uh, you know, when, when speaking with, uh, the various organizations is that of partnership, and I think that's so important um, that, that each uh, of the organizations that help to serve the homeless and underserved communities uh, in the area tend to often work together. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's a great thing.
2: Uh, obviously, without volunteers, we can't do anything. We are blessed to have a tremendous number of volunteers um, for the food bus side, street side of ministry, because we do go downtown certain areas, and we just walk the streets and try to be a light in a a dark area. And then we distribute things to people in need. Um, We need people. So first and foremost, volunteers, volunteers that will help bag our foods, assemble our breakfast bags, sort our foods to replace expired foods with you know newer ones, um, go to the food bank with me or whoever's going, load and unload pounds. I mean, I'm talking 40,000 pounds of food at times. I lots can imagine. And lots of food. Yeah. Hmm. So we need people to help with all of that, loading and unloading. But then since we've acquired the store, the thrift store, which opened July of last year, which is, by the way, our first of eight businesses we have planned and scheduled to open up over the next five years
0: Great.
2: towards Camp Restoration Center. Um, we need tons of volunteers there as well, and we don't use the same volunteers. So we have about 100 or so active volunteers with the food bus side of ministry, mm-hmm. and we have about 80 or so volunteers with the thrift store side of ministry. Okay, okay. okay? so even with that, um, sorting through donations we need a lot more people when I say 80 or so volunteers that's not daily we may have some people that'll come once a month for two hours okay and we need people every day
0: <laughs> sure absolutely that's understandable with the volume of, of different things that y'all are are handling um, uh, real quick with the thrift store right across from the new car wash
2: we are exactly across from the new car wash. We're mm-hmm. next door to Sonics. Our admin office is there. And then between the paint store and the carpet place is where our thrift store is located.
0: Okay. And you all accept uh, various donations. And then when people come in and shop, the funding uh, that you receive from that is, is going toward the ultimate goal of the camp restoration. And uh, just tell us, uh, as we kind of start to wrap things up, tell us a little bit about what camp restoration will entail once it, uh, once it is officially established.
2: It's going to be a 12-month residency program to help people re-enter society who have been trapped in homelessness mm-hmm. and or poverty. It will be a place for them to be discipled Um, on a foundation of faith based on God's word. So we absolutely are 100% faith-based. But we also will have jobs for them to work and earn an income Mm -hmm. and a savings program. We would work with professionals to help people who have uh, credit issues, get that repaired and to build up a resume to make them more marketable. So Mm -hmm. when they graduate out of the program in 12 months time, they'll have a lot of money saved up a lot of new job skills, and we will work with them in transitioning where they will find employment, hopefully and prayerfully, and they will find a place to live, have monies to put down on their deposits for, for the rents and save up to purchase a used vehicle, pay for the insurance and be fully equipped to live independently. So we don't want people to stay stuck Mm -hmm. And so right now we're working on that on a micro basis through our property here and the thrift store and our ministries. We work one-on-one with people who don't want to stay stuck anymore in transitioning either out of poverty by hiring them and working with them with their goals. We don't force our goals on them. We let them tell us what their goals are and Mm -hmm. we help them come up with a plan that's measurable and attainable to reach those goals. And it's, been very successful over a short, well, not, I shouldn't shouldn't say short. It's not a short time. It's a long period of time, but we're doing more one-on-one instead of on a grander scale. When we get camp restoration center open, um, which we hope will be within five years, we will have jobs that we will create already available and fully operating to put them into employment. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully at that point, they will learn to be successful and they won't be dependent on us. So we have thankfully been able to transition 25, sorry, 29 people this past year out of homelessness and into sustainable employment.
0: 29 lives completely changed for the, for the better. That that's, that's amazing. Um, pastor Wendy, we really appreciate you telling us, uh, a little bit more about your organization. And for those listening, uh, we're going to put Helping the Homeless website and information in the description of this podcast. So if you'd like to check out, you know, a little bit more about what we've discussed today, it's it's all there on their comprehensive website. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up today?
2: I just want to thank you again for the opportunity to share There's been some confusion. I have been blessed to be able to speak at a couple of local community organizations. And for whatever reason, um, I guess because of our name, Helping the Homeless, other organizations that help the homeless, the impression is it's all one organization. And so we are a separate entity from the other wonderful, amazing organizations that also help. Um, So I wanted to make that clear that we are independent, but we still work together. Absolutely. We are not the guest shelter and I can't make any decisions for the guest shelter and they don't make decisions for me, but we work together. And so they do things we can't do and we do things they don't do, but we all fill in the gaps. So hopefully there's not many gaps left remaining. Um, And the other thing I'd like to just share is just praise God for such an awesome, supportive community and communities without the ones who support us financially and with their physical labors. And we have mm-hmm. over 40 different church groups, over 27 different counties, that mm-hmm. people who volunteer in one capacity or another, and with they are the lifeblood of this ministries without their help and I, I think all the different organizations can say the same thing. This is such an awesome community to live in, Gloucester County, the whole Middle Peninsula, and we don't want homelessness to abound. We want to see it disappear, so everyone's working together towards that goal.
0: Absolutely, and that's a wonderful thing to hear. Um, Pastor Wendy, again, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll We'll be in touch as things change and evolve with your ministry.